Yeah, we usually get like right into it. Okay, boom. Oh shit, my phone is falling. No. Okay. I'm that couch will eat something. Did you? Didn't you lose something in this couch? I felt it. Who had dropped no. something in that? I think Grievous. It was young Grievous was here one time. We were doing something. <laughs> this boy left. He came back. For, he went in the car. Came back. Like knocked on my door. Mm-hmm. I was like, bro, I dropped my phone somewhere. So we in the studio looking all over for his phone. Oh, no. Then it was like in the couch. I was like, damn. Yeah. How you doing though? You come I'm from Virginia good. Beach? I am from the beach. You said you you, uh, you Ubered here? I Ubered. Yep. That's big. That's big. We appreciate you spending that <laughs> Uber money coming on the show. Got to do it all the time. So. Hey, I think we met. Uh, you know what's funny? Like the first time I ever heard of you, like even heard your name, uh, we were doing something with Josh and Will. And they were saying something about this girl, Coco Mama. She's like real cool. And I think I just like looked you up on Twitter. Hey. <laughs> So you, were, I guess you were born and raised in Virginia Beach? I was not, actually. I was born in Germany. Okay. Um, my parents are Army. Um, from, I don't know any German. Um, I lived in Petersburg, Virginia for, like, elementary school. I lived, like, everywhere. Ohio, Connecticut, Texas. Then Petersburg, Virginia. Um, I went to high school, middle school and high school in Alexandria, Virginia. And then um, I went to college in New York. And when I moved to New York, my family moved here. So every time I come home, I'd be coming here, but I didn't know anybody. Um, and then I ended up moving here officially during the pandemic. Like I came here just to check on my mom. Like both my mom lives in Virginia Beach, my dad lives in Chesapeake, like that. Whole family. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. My whole family. Um, on my dad's side, I lived in Chesapeake. And I ended up here in 2020, and I was like, damn, I really fuck with it. You know, I work remote. I don't need to be, like, struggling to live in New York City anymore. And, yeah. Were you, were you already working remote before the pandemic? or like? Yeah, I was working okay. remote. Well, kind of. Like, I was a freelancer, so there would be some gigs I would do, like, at my crib, and then other gigs I would go, like, in office and work there. What do you like doing more? Working from home? I like working for, it depends on the gig, like, I worked, um, like, there was um, a monthly thing I had at the YouTube space, and their office was really dope, and everyone that, and, like, I had my own suite and shit, so people left me alone, like, they would just have me come in, they're like, boom, this is what we need, here's your own little room, like, and they had, like, a kitchen with food and shit like that, and so that was really cool, but then other offices, like, I worked at Amazon one time, and I didn't like it there at all, like, it was always cold as shit in there, and like microaggressions and shit. So I would have preferred if they just sent me a hard drive and let me do my thing. But what was in the YouTube space or what was that? Um, so like YouTube has an office and they have like it's a bunch of cool shit. Like they have um studio spaces that look like set des- like it's set design and everything. And like if you have a certain number of subscribers on YouTube, you can use it for free. Like really? to shoot your own content. How and many shit. subscribers? I don't remember. Okay. I don't remember. Um so, yeah, and then they also had, like, um, live shows and shit like that. Like, I remember Mariah Carey did a show. She did, like, a Q&A and a live show there. And they let me go, come for free and let me bring, like, a homegirl, which was really cool. Um, so, yeah, they had a, d- a bunch of different shit. It was just very, like, a multi-purpose dimensional space that was really tight. YouTube was doing, like, uh, original shows, too, for yeah. a little bit. I think they might have stopped. But yeah. they had one that was really cool. I thought uh, Weird City. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. They probably were shooting it there. Mm. Yeah. It was kind of like on some Black Mirror type vibes. Like like weird like worlds with like different Mm -hmm. laws they live by and shit like in the future or something. That's pretty cool. That's fine. Um, Were you doing, because I know know you're like the video editor for Forbes right now. Mm -hmm. How did you kind of get into that? And is that what you're doing? Because you said you write Amazon, YouTube. Are you editing at all these places or what are you doing? Not now. So at the time, how did it happen? 2018, like 2017 to 18-ish, 19, I was permalancing at this job called Cycle. What is that? I've heard of freelancing. I'm not sure what that is. It's a made-up term. It's kind of like I'm not a full-time employee, but I'm there every single day, like Monday through Friday type Mm. shit. But I didn't want to do – so they had a really um, high turnover rate. Like they fired people all the time. And um, You talking about YouTube? No, this is um Cycle, okay. Cycle Media. It's like an ad, um, it was an editorial like company within an ad agency type shit. So it was like Cycle within Laundry Service within Wasserman type shit. Like, mm. um, 
And I got that gig. I was there for a while. I was making bank. It was like my day rate back then was like 500 a day. So I was getting paid that every single day. For editing? or For editing. Okay. For editing. Like, what are you editing here? Um, it's kind of like, uh, like memes and shit. Like memes? they did, they did a lot of like recap videos, like happy birthday, little Uzi type shit. And like, you do like some crazy meme. Like I'd make up some, like I'd chop it up and remix a track or some shit. So they pay people $500 a day to make memes? Cause they were making That's, money off of it. Like, yeah. and, um, they had like a lot of like sponsorship and shit like that and branded content and they get paid through advertising. So because they have so many followers from all the retweets, like they have, they would do like, um, like branded content or they would, um, like repost other like brands mm. to make money off of that. So it was an ad agency with like, it was an editorial company within an ad agency type shit. Did they have their own content? Or are they yeah. just you repurposing and making stuff out of other people's content? They started to do their own content. Um, yeah. They did, but it's like most of the shit that went viral was like the meme shit, like was the repurposed shit. So they kind of yeah. like we were trying to do original shit. And a lot of times we did like we had like people come in and we'd interview and do shit like that. Um, but it just didn't do as well as like the goofy shit, you know? Yeah. So they I found that too. That's kind of what we're attacking with the, the like skits we're doing mm -hmm. just to do goofy stuff, have fun with it. But I also want to, what, you, what are your thoughts on just brands that really make a name and make their whole brand off of um, posting other people's stuff? I think, I don't think like from what I've seen, there's not really longevity in it. Yeah. If you don't do your own thing or have some type of content, like we're even seeing that like our generation, mm -hmm. shit like that, they, they, they're doing interviews now and like, um, yeah, what do you think about those type of brands? I mean, that's what happened to the company. <laughs> like, it does, it, it goes for a length of time. I mean, I don't know. Maybe if you're clever with it, but I know for Cycle, I don't want to speak too much. I don't know how well they're doing. They had to shift, like, they're, they did sports a lot, too, and they kind of shifted specifically to sports and catered to that because the viral, the virality and all that shit of, like, the... Um, like the memes and everything, it doesn't really last that long and people get bored and you have to, you'd have to kind of keep reinventing the wheel each and every time. And at a certain point, you kind of run out of, run out of creative ways to do the same shit you've been doing. So. Yeah, we see memes that like go viral and stuff, but it's like you don't think about who's making them. And it's like one time <laughs> I actually I thought, I was like, yo, what if it's literally like an AI that's just making all the memes <laughs> they that could. Like, I see if everybody I just wants? Fuck, I wish I could find like there's the one little Uzi thing I actually was really proud of because like um it was his birthday and they're like, all right, they were doing the same, like it was kind of like remember those videos where it's like informational, like like even the shade room has it like happy birthday, little Uzi, like fun facts about him type shit. Mm, like okay, and they yeah, just yeah. repurposed that. I'm like, that's boring. We need to do something like so I took like an interview he did and I kind of found a beat, like a, a royalty free beat and just chopped like like remixed it and chopped it up to make it like that it was goofy but like ended up doing really well um like going viral and it's random because of the work i do now it's like you wouldn't guess i would i came from doing shit like that uh, so, so would there be like a team of people like on this meme like okay somebody might think of it then it's like some somebody yeah. else might make it yeah somebody else might upload it like it's yeah there was an art director like we literally would have like team like brainstorm meetings and shit usually you mean brainstorm yeah, literally. that just sounds funny like no literally yeah. like i mean i was mostly just the editor but like like i came on just to be the editor i was only going to be there for a, like a couple weeks to do one specific edit but then i got cool with everybody um which is kind of how i kept how i keep getting gigs like i just try to be really personable on top of like trying to make sure i do like a really ill job like you're not about to find anybody else that can do the shit i do um so they kept me on and then they started to bring me into the meetings and they just brainstorm like, OK, what's going viral right now? Let's look at all the trending topics. Like, how can we hop on it? What's a funny way we can put a spin on this shit? Um, and then the art director, like so the editorial director, he'd kind of spearhead like the conversation. And then the art director would come up with like ideas and then they'd, he'd, they'd pitch it to the editors, which at the time it was just me for a long time. And then they brought on more um, like another editor randomly who... Um, he, the other editor they brought on who also was a motion graphic designer he, he was from Virginia Beach too and he ended up producing like my first EP uh, and entered and when I moved here he was the one that told me to reach out like who to reach out to here and all that shit it, it was a weird like serendipity so he kind of got you to reach out to Cycle no 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 no. I'm okay. talking about when I moved here he was oh, the okay, one that's okay. like yeah, oh you yeah. should reach out to these people da, 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 to like 
And that's kind of how I merged into the scene. But that was like years ago. But um, yeah, so we kind of would take what we were given and kind of put our own spin on it at times. And yeah, so there was like a whole team behind a lot of the shit that these companies put out. So that was like your first job in kind of like that editing space? No, right? not at all. No, it wasn't? That was like ugh, my first job in editing. Because I know like you, I think you edit all your own videos like yeah. to make music and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I guess it really probably just started with you editing your own stuff. Yeah. How it, did you land that it first gig? It started, like, um, so my senior year of college, because I went to school for, like I have a BBA in design strategy. So What like, is BBA stand for? A business bachelor's degree. Okay. Like, so I went to school for business. I went to an art school, but got a business degree. Um, and so we had to do a lot of like, I had like to take statistics and shit and my micro and macroeconomics, all of that. And my senior year, we had to do like case study, like our own case studies. And what'd you do yours on? Um, it's random. Okay. So I was like partnered. It was cause it's an art school again. So we had like a bunch of random shit and my partner and I, it was me and, um, this girl who's Jewish, which is relevant to the story. And <laughs> the dude, it's, it's, relevant, it's, relevant, it's relevant. It's relevant. I promise. But, um, uh, oh, we had to go to like a neighborhood and find like a, like a weird thing about it and then study something about it. So we went to Flatbush and we're just kind of walking around Flatbush like, all right. So we go to the Target there and we saw like at the junction, um, it's like at the end of the line of the two, um, there's a Target there. And like, if you go down one block, it's like all Caribbean, like a whole Caribbean neighborhood and a whole nother block, it's all Jewish. So we're like, okay, like this is weird. Like these but they all intersect at the target mm -hmm. so we're like okay this is weird there are two like whole two different communities they they don't interact with each other but at this target like all you see it's like you see this mixture how do, how do you know they don't interact with each other because it's like one block it's all like hasidic jewish community and the other block it's caribbean and, and you just didn't see them interact mm. like it's just off officer like we went there a couple of couple of times over the course of a couple of weeks like just observing so we're like okay let's do let's start interviewing people so when we were there in the jewish community none of the hasidic jews would speak to me but like she was able to talk to them so they she wouldn't even speak to you like you try to talk to them and they just like ignored you. Yeah, that's, I don't know. I don't want to speak to. I don't know too much about. Did she tell you what what that was about? She told me. I don't. I don't remember it. I don't want to speak incorrectly. Um, something culturally, like because a lot, especially in New York City, like it's like they have the Hasidic Jew Jewish community in New York City. Like they have their own rules, their own world, own community. So I think it's more of like them living within that bubble and not interacting or speaking to oh, people. That's kind of weird. I mean, it's like they're segregating bubble. themselves. Like, yeah. To not even say hello or if somebody's trying to talk to you. I don't know. Maybe don't it was know. a fact where you, was it an on-camera interview? Like where you put yeah, the camera but, on them? Yeah, but we tried to, I tried to talk to them before we pulled the camera mm, out. Because yeah. I'm, I'm like, let me start a conversation before I'm like, you know, come yeah. up with the camera, you know? How does it feel like being a Jewish <laughs> yeah, in, the, right? in New York? In and then in the Caribbean community, I would talk to them. So we kind of like... I would run the like the interviews with like the black people and she would run the interviews with the white Hasidic Jewish people. So um, that was like our case study. And I'm like, I just offered to edit it. I'm like, all right, whatever. I'll edit the video. And I was like, damn, I'm really into this. Like, you know, making the music and shit, cutting it like. And my partner was like, yo, you're actually like a fire editor. And I'm like, girl, bye. Like, I'm so not wait, this is before you're even editing your music videos. Yeah, this, this is, is before I was edit. even doing music. Like, oh, wow. Okay, this okay. is before because I didn't think. I thought I was going to graduate college and manage artists. Like, I'm like, okay, it's too late for me. I'm old. Like, I'm going to just be a manager. Like, um, I'm, on, I'm trying to make money. I'm not going to make money off my art, whatever. So when she said that, I'm like, editor. Like, what the fuck? There's, like, I'm not a video editor. Like, you're wildin'. And then I graduated. Or I think before I graduated, like, Revolt TV was doing some competition, like, Oh, submit a video, da, da da So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go hard. I'm about to try to do this thing. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm gonna try. So I rented like a camera from like cause um my college, like you could rent equipment and shit. So I rented a camera. I started going out and just interviewing all my friends. Cause I did like a lot of my friends were creatives and really dope. And I was always going to cool parties and shit. So I'm interviewing them. I put this whole video together and like didn't win the competition, but like people started to be like, yo, you, this is fire. Like you should keep doing shit like this. So, Oh, so that, uh, what you submitted to revolt wasn't the, the communities in Flatbush? No, that was the... a senior thesis. So that, that yeah. was my thesis for that class. We did it. I got an A on it. It was dope. 
And then from there, right after that is when I did the Revolt TV competition. Like, this is all my senior year because I'm like, I'm about to graduate. I don't know what the fuck I'm about to do. Like, uh, let me just start throwing shit at the wall. And then... Oh, also, before before we get off the uh, case study, was there like a theme or a question on the case study? Like, what were you actually studying? We were... Oh, so... Okay, yeah. I should wrap that up. Um, What happened? It was... um, So we basically were studying the target. We were studying like how they interacted there and we were studying like, fuck, like why there was no interaction. Like we were kind of asking them Mm, like- So that was like the thing, like why? Yeah, why was there was no interaction. And then we were looking at how to create target to be more to create more of that interaction where they people intentionally speak instead of they just are end up end up in the same place to shop. So we looked at play, um, companies like Starbucks, which was created specifically to have people chill, because um, Starbucks was um, modeled off of like the cafes in Europe, like in mm. in the U.S. When people go to eat somewhere, it's like okay, eat and get the fuck out. But in oh, yeah. Europe, it's kind of yeah, like yeah. I'm from Bosnia. That's the kind of we on the same shit. Like it's just a thing to just go out and grab some coffee and just yeah. chill and talk to somebody. Like, yeah. yeah. So we're like, okay, that's how Starbucks was made. How do we kind of make that in Target? Um, so we had to create because I forgot it was like an urban. Um, it was an urban intervention type class where we would like go to spaces and find ways to kind of like like Banksy it up type shit. Like how do we transform? this space to be more than what it is. It's like very, I went to Parsons, so everything was innovation and abstract and all that shit. So our thesis essentially was to create like a space within the target for people to hang out and interact and did shit you, like that. Did you talk to like the thar- target employees? Like, mm-hmm. okay, so they were cool with it. Like they were on board. They were cool with okay. it, yeah. I mean, it's like new- just going in Target and just setting shit up like Renly. What are y'all doing? Here? <laughs> oh, no, we didn't set anything up. It's like we created like 3D models of what it would look like. But oh, we didn't actually okay. do anything. Yeah. So the our presentation was like the interviews with people, um, with like the community members, the interviews with the employees. And then we had 3D model renderings of what the space would look like in Target. I can't believe I remember. It was such a long time ago. Yeah, so, okay. So you fall in love with editing, doing that video. Yeah. You don't get the, revol- uh, the revolt submission. Mm-hmm. I guess we. What about from there? Yeah. So yeah, that was the, um, like, the end of senior year, and then that summer, or no, maybe it was junior year. <laughs> I don't remember. I think that was junior year actually, or like going into senior year, something like that. Okay. And um, didn't get the revolt thing, so I start shooting a web series called Hour by Hour, where I went around and just shot my weekend in my day. Like I would go and hang out with my homies. Like I oh, hung so out vlog shit. Mm-hmm. I hung out, but like so the way I would do it is um I would shoot over the course of a weekend, but I would edit it like it happened in a day, and I'd have the time at the bottom corner. That's why it was called hour by hour. And I would um there wouldn't really be any dialogue or anything. It would be I'd pick a soundtrack. I think the first one was like Chance the Rapper, and. It was just very poetic. It looked like a music video, but it was like a day thing. So it starts at the beginning of the day. And then I would just uh, have a bunch of clips like of shows I'd go to, parties I go to, like what, like my artist friends in the booth or some shit. And then it would end at night. And I did that for a minute. And Afropunk ended up picking it up because they had a blog that was what really was popular. That? You don't know Afropunk? Do mm, you know what that is? Okay. Well, Afropunk's a music festival now, actually. I mean, it's known for being a music festival. What year was this when it, like, when um, they were kind of at their peak, I guess? The blog? The uh, the blog, it was 2011. 2011, okay. So it was like, kind of like hot new hip-hop days? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they picked it up, and um, that is kind of what got my start in being like, okay, I can, like, actually... So they picked up this weekend vlog series, hour by hour. Mm-hmm. Um did they buy all your old episodes? Oh, not picked it up like they bought it, but they, they picked it up in terms of like we're like posting about it and that mm. kind of increased my popularity. Oh, so they're making like blog posts about yeah, it. Yeah, and, and okay. yeah, exactly. In terms of being a video editor. And um so I'm like, cool. So that kind of opened up more doors for me. And then from there I got into documentary work because yeah so that was my junior year before scrap everything i said about my thesis that was my junior year with the project and then the revolt thing yeah and then my senior year when i graduated um i my thesis was a documentary called the struggle is real where i interviewed like four different 
I interviewed four different artists. One was Radimus, who's a rapper. Uh, my roommate, her name was Yaya. She was a, a fashion stylist and designer. And then um, this girl named Haley, who is a filmmaker. And I feel like there was another person. Oh, Boston Cherry, who's a DJ. And I kind of just shadowed them for like a couple months, um, just shooting their life and like their struggles of making it or whatever. And I had like a huge premiere and all that shit. And I also entered this like Mountain Dew competition where they picked like 10 finalists to basically make a Mountain Dew commercial. I didn't think I was going to make it. I'm like, whatever. Like a friend sent it to me. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to make this shit, but whatever. And ended up being a finalist, and they gave each finalist ten thousand dollars to what'd make you do? a commercial. Okay. But wait, so wait, so what'd you submit? So you had to submit something to get? Yeah, I finalist? submitted the trailer of that documentary, that documentary. for my co- my senior thesis type shit. Uh, yeah. So and, what did you actually shoot them out and do commercial? Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, it's on YouTube. But oh wait, so they they picked you? You won? I didn't win. Okay. But I was a finalist. So I got the $10,000. You got the $10,000. That's all that matters. I had to use some of it to help me pay my rent, to be honest. Oh, you're not? Definitely. I was really broke. I was like broke as fuck. And so I used it to help me out. But I also, so I used the rest of it to go to Puerto Rico. I had a homegirl that lived there and she helped me shoot like the music video. We went to some like extreme. Uh, sport area where they had bridges like high in the mountains that had missing parts and shit and you like you bungee jump down like and I shot all that shit on a GoPro like you shot um, the music video? No. The um, Mountain Dew commercial? The Mountain Dew commercial yeah and then and when I was the finalist and I was the only person of color and the only woman and the youngest it's all old white men but their shit shit, like shit on mine like I wish I was in the competition now because I would eat it up Mm. but I had just started filming I didn't know what the fuck I was doing um and Robert Rodriguez who's like a big film director he was a judge like the final judge so that was wild um so I did that and then graduated college still don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do and that's when the shit with um, Mike Brown happened in Ferguson. So I'm like, okay. Um, I was just hearing a lot of shit. My mom's family's Italian, and they were saying a lot of like kind of racist shit, like on Facebook and shit. And about the situation. Yeah, about the situation and the protesters yeah. and shit. Yeah. And I'm like, y'all don't know what y'all talking about. And they're like, well, you don't know what you're talking about. You're not there. I'm like, you're right. I'm gonna go there. Yeah, I want to go. Yeah. So I went there. And again, didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And I'm just shooting everything and kind of making it apart hour by hour. It was like hour by hour Ferguson edition. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I kind of just wanna show what's happening here. And so you're staying consistent also with hour by hour through all mm-hmm. these other things, the Mountain Dew commercial. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm still doing hour by hour, barely. I'm like, at that point, I was teetering cause I'm like, I'm trying to juggle this other shit. I don't, I think I had. And going to school, probably. And going to school. I had just graduated and I hadn't had a job yet. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have a job. I was working a work study my senior year. So when I was in Ferguson, I had to, I was there. I went there, ended up meeting my ex um, who became my boyfriend. But yeah, at the, he's my ex now. But at the Ferguson time, love story. Yeah, it was some, it was dramatic. But uh, we met there and then we came back because it was weird. Like he was from the DMV too. I'm from the DMV. Um, but he lived in New York City. He lived in Brooklyn like I did. But we both ended up in Ferguson shooting some shit. And um when I came, I, I had been trying to go back to Ferguson and he like hit me up like, yo, me and my homegirl, we're about to go back there if you want to come. What, did you shoot anything the first time? Or you yeah, just... the first time I shot, okay. it was an hour by hour episode. Okay, okay, okay. And he's like, you should come. I'm like, okay. So we ended up like, like kind of li- like this woman, she had like a mansion and she opened her, her home up to all like a bunch of protesters. Like, I don't know if you know DeRay. He's a nigga that wore the blue vest. He was living there. Oh, like... So he she opened her crib up to um, all these protesters and shit, and we were living there for like a month in Ferguson, like Damn. shooting shit, helping people organize, like shit like that. And then I had to go <laughs> back home because I was about to get evicted from my apartment. And I don't know how the fuck. I think I went because like my mom being in the army, um, I got money going to school, so I went to grad. I went back to school for to grad school, literally just to get money to like survive. Because I wasn't working at the time. I think J. Cole did that same thing. Really? I think he talks about doing something like that. Yeah, yeah that's literally like what live, is, was it, is it the refund checks? Now what's it called? Yeah. Is it refund checks? Huh? 
FAFSA? Yeah. Yeah, he was like, yeah, he was just getting that just to fucking be able to stay in New York and like uh, live and shit. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely, that helped me survive. Yeah, for sure. So I went back to, to school for that. Um, I was able to pay my rent like in the nick of time. And then, but I was still like, yo, like, that was like the peak of Black Lives Matter movement. So then I started to go to protests in New York City after, um, fuck, who was it? Wasn't Eric Gardner? You said Mike Brown, right? Mike Brown was Ferguson. Yeah. I feel like, well, you said that was a peak, you think? I feel like it wasn't, I mean, I don't know. Well, Trayvon Martin was peaks. the beginning. I was going to say like George Floyd. That was kind of when. George that, Floyd was like, 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 George Floyd is recent. Yeah, but I mean. What, you wouldn't say that the George Floyd had a bigger impact, like worldwide. I feel like that was kind of like the I biggest think, thing. Like I think it there are mul- there could be multiple peaks. I'm I'm thinking like mm. the peak in terms of the beginning, like with what was going on in Ferguson. Like I feel like the first catalyst was Trayvon Martin, and then Mike Brown is that was like when all the protests in Ferguson were going on, and then that then Eric Gardner um, in New York City right after, and then there was. Um, Fuck. Um, who was in Baltimore? No, it wasn't Philando Castile. It was an Eric. Oh my God! Wait, hold on. I really want to know, actually. So I'm gonna look it up really quick. It's crazy how we really have this like timeline. I know it's fucked of, up. Of like this crazy shit that's been happening. Baltimore. Um. East. Freddie Gray. Freddie Gray. Um, so that was kind of, that became my thing. Like I started to shoot the protest in New York City. Um, Millions March NYC hit me up and they're like, we're having this huge million man march and we want you to do like the media shit for it. And so I did that. Um, my ex was still in Ferguson and they ended up working on what is now the documentary called Who Streets. It's on Hulu and Netflix, I think now. But at the time, we didn't know it was going to be like this big documentary. It was like we're kind of shooting shit and figuring it out. And I was just helping out. Um, and this is what he was doing like when you first met him. Yeah. That first time. When I first met him, because he worked at Revolt TV. So mm. when I first met him, he was shooting shit for Revolt. And then and he was there with his partner, Sabah. And then they were like, yo, we should do our own shit with this footage and then they kept shooting and then it became a documentary later on um so yeah i kind of got into to documentary work and then when we got funding for who streets that's when i started to make money i'm like okay cool like i'm making some money off of this shit tight and then and up until now i guess you weren't really looking at this as like it's gonna be a career you're just kind of doing it for the experience i was doing it for the because it felt naturally like fun and i was i'm really passionate about like um civil rights and shit and social justice and so i'm kind of doing it like you know i really believe in this so i'm doing it for that but i wasn't making any money off of it i think i had i had got a gig as a social media manager for some like fashion company or some shit and i hated it i just was like i need to make money and it makes sense with my degree like whatever um i feel like you've had a lot of these fucking like tech jobs that like nobody even knows exists <laughs> it's because like you know everybody in this like in this space wants to be the artist the mm-hmm. the main but it's like so many other jobs you could do because realistically like no you can't all be the artist or whatever mm-hmm. and a lot of times this other shit is like way cooler and and like behind the scenes like nobody you know i'm just really good at research like if there's something out there on the internet i will find it so i'm like i do like when i was in college i worked i was working i was interning I had like I was like an OG intern. Like I interned. My first internship was Ebony Magazine, and then Hot ninety seven, and then Def Jam, and then Webster Hall. Um, we, uh. <laughs> and was was like uh, was this all part of like the school? Like your the school your school was like your way in or no? I I mean I had to have an internship as part of my curriculum. Okay. Um. So I just applied. And um, I think for Ebony, it's funny. I got that internship. They weren't going to have me come in, but they found my Tumblr. And um, my homie, my friends and I had like a blunt rolling contest type shit. And they found that, like a picture of me holding my blunt, like happy. And they're like, you know, you just seemed kind of square. Because I am like, in work, I'm like a whole nother, like even my pictures, how I present myself is totally different. But they're like, when we saw that blunt picture, like it kind of gave you edge. Oh, so some people might get not hired off of that damn blunt picture, but you got hired off it. Yeah, it's random. 
Um, it's like we seen that blunt picture. You know what? Bring that blunt bring, with you. Bring, bring the blunt with you. <laughs> bring the blunt. Yeah. And then um, Hot 97, because again, I wanted to be a music manager. Um, so I got the internship there. And then, and that was a summer jam, the summer when like Nicki Minaj didn't show up because uh, she got dissed or whatever. By who? Um, was it Rosenberg? Okay. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people have beef with him. <laughs> and then I remember that shit. It was like chaotic. And then um, Webster Hall, I was like, might as well just get experience in every facet of the music industry. Little did I know it would help me now as a music artist. I thought it would help me like manage an artist type shit. So I was doing random shit there. Like I was making their flyers and. And wait, what's Webster Hall again? It's a music venue. Okay. It's a music venue. Um, I was making their flyers. And then for money, I was literally selling merch like overnight. Like, so I. Your own merch? No, I was selling like they'd have raves and shit. Like techno night, rave night. And I would just sit at the merch table and like sell t shirts or whatever. They'd give me a hundred a night for that. But like at the time, yeah. it was like. You needed it. I was yeah. eating. But what I was getting at was that. Um, I was working, I was just doing these dead end jobs. I worked at a yogurt shop in retail. So I'm like interning, I'm going to school full time and I'm working two jobs to like take care of myself, but also send money back home because my family was struggling like back in Virginia. Um, so when I graduated, I'm like, I'm not doing, like I'm gonna work smarter, not harder. Like I wanna find a job where I'm not, like I can do, you know, my thing and not have to put as much work in. So the only real, and that wasn't even full time, I don't think. So that was my first job out of college. And then when I left there, I'm like, fuck that. I'd rather go back to school and make money that way. And then I did that. I was struggling for a while. And then going back to the Who Streets documentary, when that started to get funding um, from investors and shit, then they were able to pay me to like assist the editor, Chris McNabb. And shout out to Chris because he's helped me a lot. Like He kind of was my... I, like I said, I, he doesn't know it, but he was my mentor in a way. He's an amazing editor. And um, I kind of like, like when he had me come on, he's like, yeah, you worked in Premiere before, right? I'm like, yeah, I had never opened Premiere in my life. What were you editing with all these, all um, these other projects? I started in iMovie and then I'm then Final Cut Pro. Okay. iMovie, I feel like super limited. I don't know how it is now. <laughs> we hate on iMovie, but back in the day, it was you couldn't do much on it. Yeah, yeah. I was making that shit. I was freaking that shit, though. And then, so I got on Premiere, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And then he would kind of show me, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, like, faking it till I make it. And, um, yeah, so he kind of helped me learn how to use Premiere and just taught me a lot of what I know, like, with workflow, with, like, editing workflow, um, which has helped me in, like, future jobs. He's also got me a lot of gigs. Like, if, he'll, if he gets something and he can't do it, he'll hit me up, like, hey, do you want this job? And I'm like, yes, I need it. I need the money. And yeah. that, that reminds me of just like even in the construction game because I'm an electrician too. That's mm -hmm. like my day job. I like I get job, like gigs for myself. Mm -hmm. But it's like okay, so like construction, you have a skill. People hire you for you can get side jobs like a subcontractor. Mm -hmm. But then in this fucking in the new world, there's these whole other set of skills you can have. And there's like, like we're talking about hella jobs for it. When did you get your? Uh, when did you notice you had like a work ethic? Did you always have this kind of work ethic, or just something you cultivated as you were like getting older in college or something? Or? It's funny. I think. Um, cause in school I didn't really give a fuck. And then in high school, it's not that I didn't have a work ethic. I just figured out the game. I'm like, I just have to make my teachers like me and also have to like pass the test. Cause you know, unfortunately with the United, the U S like education system, you're only really taught how to pass the test. You're not really taught like shit that I don't know. To, in my opinion, that's really educate that you can absorb. Like you know, you really learn. They they say school is really. Uh, I just seen some shit recently. Like school started out with how uh, they were like trying to program people for the pretty much the workforce. Mm, yeah. For like, I want to say it was after a certain war. They had something like where they needed like some crazy amount of workforce to do something. M might have mm. been like after the Great Depression, but like the curriculum started then. Mm. So you could just kind of get people programmed into that way of living. Fucking yeah. To work at a nine to five. And after like the No Child Left Behind act with the SOLs and shit, it's kind of like I said, you're you're taught information you needed to pass the test. So I just figured out, all right, let me figure out what I need to know to pass the test. Let me, you know, get cool with my teachers. And I graduated high school with honors, but I didn't. It's not the, like I had. I was driven to get out of Virginia because I just felt like big fish, little pond. But I wasn't like 
I still didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do. And then when I got to college, that was really what put me into shape because the professors like did not play. Like they were really dead ass serious about their shit. And they were just really good at what they did. Like I remember I had one professor, it was um I had to take like two years of graphic design or like design period. I think it was like two like one year of like literal physical design. Like we'd have to like build shit like I had to make a book from scratch all that shit and then another year of like uh, graphic design like like the actual fucking just the actual book or was it just write the book too like or? yeah we had to create the book you have to, so I did a graffiti book like I went okay. around and photographed all the tags in New York City and then I alphabetized them and I made it into like this alphabet graffiti book did you and, get to keep it or did you have to like turn it in or whatever I got to keep it I okay. have it somewhere and um yeah then I had to build it I had to literally like some uh, what's it called yeah, I had to yeah, bind it. Right I had to print the pages. I had to like, and then some professors were strict. Like you had to use an open knife. You can't use scissors. Like I got kicked out of class one time for that shit. She could tell you scissors. Like they didn't play, but I like that. I'm like, okay, like it's like a challenge. But man, I use a chainsaw for this shit. Bro. <laughs> and then, um, so my gra- I had a graphic design teacher, and I had him two semesters in a row. In my first semester, I got an A. Second one. Um, I knew I was better than everyone in the class. So I'm like, oh, I'm about to eat this shit up. Cool. So then I had got my first assignment back and I got like a B. I'm like, um, what's going on? And he was like, yeah, like, you know, you're good. You know, you're better than your classmates, but this isn't good for you. He's like, it's good mm-hmm. for the class, but it's not good for what you're capable of. I'm like, ah. but I fucked with it. I'm like, I like, I like being so then you try Challenge. to go extra hard after yeah, that. Yeah, so now that kind of stuck with me. And now if I know I could do something better, like I'm going to go the extra mile to do it better. I'm not going to kind of coast because I feel like I'm selling myself short doing that. Co- yeah, coasting is just really like a fucking middle school, high school thing. You want to mm-hmm. just coast by because you want to have a good time. But when you get into life, it's like, wait, no, I want to actually be great. Like, yeah. What are you talking about? Like, And then I think it really kicked in, kicked in at Ebony Magazine, like, that was my first internship, and I was very much like, okay, what do I do now? What do I do now? And my, like, the woman I was interning for, she kind of sucked, but, like, she didn't fuck with me. She did not fuck with me because of that, and she really was mean. She was, I remember I was overwhelmed one day, and I, like, went to the kitchen, I was crying, and she came in, and she basically was like, suck that shit up. I'm like, I was kind of gagged, but I'm like, damn, okay, like, New York City really breaks you, yo. And so living in New York City, that's kind of, like, I have a lot of, life experiences like that and it just made me hungrier and hungrier and hungrier and I'm like okay like so when I was entering at high 97 that's when I went really hard I'm like yeah like I'm about to put in work like I'm about to build these connections da, 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 da. and so yeah each each job I've had or internship or whatever that's kind of what's made me hungrier and like also realized my potential like oh I'm talented like I'm really good at these things like let me let me see if I go hard how much I can get and then as I kind of climbed the ladder, I guess, and like get more and more things, it's kind of just stuck with me. Uh, so you're working on all these different projects. You finally start getting paid mm-hmm. at the. You, you say who start? What was it? Who streets? Who streets? Mm-hmm. The documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess uh, when the music come in. Okay, so and also on the music, someone asked you. We can get into that, but were you living out of that van? I think it's the rum and coke video. <laughs> It was like a no. trailer. It reminded me of just like some van life shit. So like, you funny. know, all the van life girls on like the internet. <laughs> no. <laughs> funny thing. Um, speaking of like going the extra mile. So like I just I get like downloads, I call them, where I have a vision. I'm like, I have a vision for this video. It needs something like so I look at each scene. I'm like, OK, we have like a party scene. Boom. We have. um Excuse me, we have, um, what else is in that video? Oh, if you want some water too, by the way, that's for you. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm going to have some of that. Um, we have all this shit, and I'm like, I really want, first I wanted a boat. I ended up using the boat for, like, my most recent single. But I'm like, the boat wasn't working out. Aesthetic- oh, are we talking about the rum and coke video? Yeah, the rum and coke video. So then I'm like, yo, we should do a camper. I'm like, I want to shoot in a camper. Like, that's fire. That'd be dope. So I'm looking, I'm looking online for, like, a camper, and I find this rental like this 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 trailer but it looked cute as shit it's like pink it looks like my aesthetic so i'm like oh yeah this is meant for me like and it had all that stuff in it already Mm -hmm. okay so i hit the owner up i'm like hey because they were just renting it out like and they're in north carolina too they're based in north carolina and they only do like rentals to like stay overnight and i'm like you were in virginia at the time "Mm -hmm, i'm here so i'm like yeah i want to shoot a music video and i also live in virginia and they they were down like for a little bit extra money to drive it up here they brought it to you yeah they brought it to me into first landing that's where i shot it at 
Yeah. So I was, I, I literally was, was in it for the day. And I remember I was like shooting at a point by myself and it was like pitch black. And I'm like, oh, I got to get out of here. It's kind of. <laughs> yeah. You should on the side of the road. Yeah. Did they like, oh, so they, so they dropped it off and went back. And they dropped it off, left, and then they came back and took it back to North Carolina. Yeah. So I guess, um, how long did, was it after that first, that first paid gig with the doc? Um, you started oh, making with, music. With music. Okay. Yeah. So. I and was, this, this was like probably like what, 2013 or something probably? 20, yeah. So I started music in 2016. Um, from like 20, I graduated college in 2014. So 2014 to 2016, I'm like, the guy I was dating at the time, the one who worked at Revolt and was like, we started traveling a lot. Like we went to fucking, where's the first place? We went to the Philippines working on a dock there. And he like, he's a, a director of photography and I'm an editor. So we became like a team. So we would travel and we're like, yo, let's just shoot some, shoot some shit and sell it to like Revolt. So we were making like, we were trying, we were just hustling. Like, so I'm doing my protest shit. He's doing his protest shit. Um, he's working at Revolt. I'm at school making money that way. And then I started making money off Who Streets and we would travel in between to random places and try to like make shit shake that way. So then one night, then we move in together at one point in like 2015 and um, we go to see the Amy Winehouse documentary and I'm watching it and like on the way back on the train, I'm like crying, like ugly crying. And he's like, yo, you good? Like the fuck? And I'm like, yo, I just feel like it was a waste of talent like you know her passing and I feel like I'm wasting my talent because I really want to do music and he was like then do music <laughs> like just simple like that and I'm like damn all right so like I went I got a mic all that shit set it up in my crib and I started working on my first single called humble yourself um, and I'm going hard like working on the beat really trying to figure it out and like no one was really fucking with it I was just like the film girl and I'm trying to get people to take me seriously, like to help me with this beat and shit. And they're just like not feeling it. And I'm like, I know this shit. Just to help me with the track, because I didn't know what I was doing. And I'm like, yo, I know this shit is a bop. Like, I don't give a fuck what y'all talk about. This shit is a bop. And no one's fucking with it. They didn't like, because my like my sound is different. Now it's not as different. You have a like a lot of. They're like, you, they're like, like, you sure you don't want to sell something else to revolt? Just shoot, <laughs> shoot a little doc. They're like, you should just stick to editing. I'm like, no, this shit is fire. And uh, so, yeah, I do. And I was like, I'm going to just surprise everybody. Like, I'm not even, like, I was just on the low with it. And so my ex, who was a DP, he shot my fr We actually came back here to Virginia Beach to shoot it because I'm like, yo, I'm from Virginia. Like, I never felt at home in New York. Like, I always claimed Virginia. Um, and I'm like, we got to shoot it in Virginia. And so we cut, and I'm like, plus it'll be warmer there. And tell me why we get here to shoot, and it's like a blizzard. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? It's never snowing here, like the fuck. And um, that's probably like the last time I snowed here since. <laughs> so yeah, we shot that music video and I dropped it and ended up doing really well. So I'm like, okay, like I guess I can do this music shit too on top of the video shit that I'm doing. It's like. Um you remind me of Kanye on some Kanye shit when he was making beats. Nobody, everybody's wanting my beats. They didn't Yo, want me to rap. I feel that. I, I remember, I think about that a lot, actually, that part in the doc. Because I'm like, yo, like, you really have to believe in yourself. Because people were really laughing in your face, yo. Like, Yeah, I haven't seen the the Amy Winehouse doc, but his, watching his was definitely super inspiring. Mm. Like, so you in the car on the way, from, on the way home from the, watching, are you crying? Um... <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, dramatic. You know what's crazy? I can't even. I never really got to in the Amy Winehouse. I love. What's her. your favorite song by her? Oh man, it could be Back to Black. No, no, no. Um, this is the end. Uh, hey, there's a um, what's that movie? There, there's a. Do you see that movie? This is the end with Seth Rogen in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my <laughs> end of the world. I they, love that tie-in. Yeah. Uh, they say in the world about to end now. Uh, we're about to go into World War Three. TikTok's about to get banned. Have you seen the videos of like the questions they're asking them and shit? Oh, the CEO dude. Yeah. At court. What do you think about that? That shit is comical. It Who's just comical? Them? Like the, them. Way, the way they're treating him? Yeah, because they're really thinking they're eating up. Like <laughs> they're eating him up, and they sound dumb as fuck and out of touch as fuck. I'm gonna be honest. I was watching some of it. I'm, I kind of agree with them on one hand. I kind of do believe that like it is kind of being low key run by China, and that probably is something we should be like looking at 
but they were like it was like it was like borderline I want to I don't want to say racist but like you could tell like they weren't oh, yeah. they didn't care like whatever he said they were just like well I'm just not convinced like, yeah. everybody everybody ended their question like their five minutes were like well I just don't believe anything you're saying but like and, I'm just and he's not like convinced. and I responded they're like no anyway we're moving on no there was one where they're like so you're um can TikTok access your Wi-Fi I seen that he was like well yeah if you want to <laughs> use the Wi-Fi type shit like. Yeah, I'd be like that when people would be asking me dumb questions. I'm like, I don't know what to say. To so that. you're so you're on TikTok heavy then? I I enjoy I don't I post on TikTok, but I mostly am like a viewer. Like I love TikTok for the information. I love like how it's been like it's a tool for like young people to like communicate whenever there's like a crisis or war, like people get a lot of information that way or are able to to know what's going on because of it. Um yeah, I fuck, and it's like entertaining. Like if I'm feeling down, I can just scroll through TikTok and like I'll definitely laugh or some shit. I like how you said earlier to uh, download or downloads mm-hmm. with the, like with the idea. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to touch more on that. Like, yeah, I get a uh, because I feel like I was actually talking to my homeboy Clockwork. Shout out to Clockwork, and he was like telling me he's like you know I don't think you're talented. I think you're gifted, and I think I think any sort of creativity is a gift. Um, cause I just think about it. Like even I was watching this like choreography, it was on Twitter of like, um, it was like choreographer, like the, what could have been in the choreography for Rihanna's show. And I'm just like, yo, like, the Super Bowl show? yeah, I'm like, how does your brain come up with like the ideas for dance moves and shit? Like that, that isn't logic driven. That has to be something like a download that you're given. And I know for me, like a lot of my creative influences that I do, like like my collage art animations, it's really comes from like random thoughts, you know? It's not like I can pinpoint a period of time where I'm like, oh yeah, like, I don't know. Like even like uh, my juice collage art animation, like I don't know how to explain that other it being something downloaded like as a gift mm. that was given down to I, me. I kind of feel the same way with like ideas too. Mm-hmm. Cause like I kind of, that's how I kind of separate like thoughts from idea. Like I feel like I have thoughts mm-hmm. and like, it's like ideas have me or it's like if somebody asks you a question or it's like, or you're remembering something or you're like having an opinion. It's like, I feel like it's coming from a different place and like ideas. Like I feel like when I'm, if I'm coming up with some shit, I'm not thinking about it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, I'm really just like, I put that intention like in my brain, like, okay, I want to come up with an idea for this. And then it kind of just like, it just kind of comes, but I never feel like it's mine. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. It was a gift. Uh, so I have to reapply my lip gloss. <laughs> I was in tag coming up. Talented and gifted program. Hey, okay, per. <laughs> Elementary school. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So I was going to ask you, too, about, um, I seen you posted a tweet talking about you just edited your first interview in a different language. Oh, yeah. How was that? What language was it? All that? It was in Italian. Okay. It was in Italian. It was a lot... Well, they like they subtitled it in English. I just had to kind of like match it up. It was a lot easier than I thought it would be because um, I'm like, fuck, how am I going to know when like. I'm about to say, how'd you match it up if you don't know what they were saying? Um, well, f- for the most part, like the I forgot the file type. It's like SRT or something like that. Like you just lay it on the timeline and then it matches up. But you have to tweak it a little bit. So it's like not delayed or anything. Um, but I'm more worried. I'm like, how am I going to know? Like what words are which or how to match things up but like it was a lot easier than i thought um because there are some words like in especially the latin language because we like the romance language english is based off of that too so there are certain words like i'm trying to think like like even if you're like romantic it'd be like romantico or something like so you're like duh like you can mine it's, is it's, that. Close, <laughs> it's, it's close enough mm-hmm. so I, wait i also seen did you go to the, did you go to egypt I feel I like you were you were in front of the pyramids in one of your videos. Yeah. At first I thought it was green screen. Then Everybody I seen the then a, the guy walked by with a camel, <laughs> and then you blurred his face out. Yeah. So I'm like, it just looked too smooth, and I'm like, I don't, I don't think she'd blur his face out if it was just if like it a was fake. yeah, like no, that shit is real. How was that like? Oh man, okay. I was working. That was when I was working at Amazon, and I hated it, but they were paying me bank. And I'm like, okay. That's everybody. You know, that's everybody's reason to stay. You, you hear the stories of Amazon that had people running through the warehouse. Like you, like you have a time. Like um, it's like a certain time you have to make each little run or whatever, or each move. And like people are literally like sprinting to do oh, it. Oh hell no! Yeah, yeah I hated it. it. Like I said, it was like I had. I mean, there were microaggressions everywhere, but those were like blatant. Like, you said that earlier too. What do you mean by microaggressions? Micro, it's like 
racist, but baby racist is how I look at it. Mm, like baby racist, baby racist, like you know? like low key racism. Like it'll be shit. Like okay, we or had subtle, I guess. Like, subtle, yeah. Like implicit, you know, like uh, like insidious type shit. So like I remember I w- we were editing, cause, and that was another gig. They like they were over the shoulder editors, which I hate. Like they would come and want to sit with me and like tell like okay and move it here and i hate that shit like mm. just tell me what you need me to do give me some time and i'm gonna do it like voila damn am i over am i over the shoulder editor kieran oh you edit <laughs> he'd be, well, he be making the thumbnails and i'm like <laughs> i'm like yo move that a little bit to the left i really i really do say shit like <laughs> but it he de- usually be like he'd be agreeing with me and i'd be like you know what like, yeah. it depends like it depends like <laughs> if you come in and you just have a little quick shit but if you're literally sitting with me for yeah. like an hour like Telling me He's like, I don't think it's enough white people in this commercial. Can you Photoshop some white people in this? <laughs> <laughs> so we were shoot, we were um, editing one thing because <clears throat> I did a lot of in studio shit there too, um, and it was like a Levi's ad or some shit, and um, it was like models or whatever. There was one black model, and he he was kind of awkward. Like he's like, you should just take her out. No, we don't need her. <laughs> so, so it was a dude, and he was kind of awkward, and yeah. like we're kind of laughing at him. Like, yeah. okay, he's awkward. And she was like, we're like kind of making fun of him and shit. And, she, and one, the woman who I was, producer I was working with, she's like, yeah, did he just got out of jail or something? And I'm like. He did? No. I'm like, why would you think that? Like, wait, why would wait, you? Wait, who, wait, who got out of jail? She, she was saying like, did the, did the model, like, we were trying to make fun of the model for being awkward. And she was like, yeah, did he just got out of jail or something? Oh, you're talking about the black model? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And I'm like, why the fuck would your brain go to that? Like, oh, that I get it, I get it. I thought you were talking about the, um, the boss or whatever at first. No, no, yeah. no, no. She said that. And I'm like, it's really random. <laughs> and then there was another commercial we were editing or like ad we were editing and it was like for the beats, whatever, the headphones. And it was a black dude. He comes in the room, puts the headphones on and just starts jamming to it. And this is a different producer. She's like, random question. She's like, does it, you know, does he give you the vibe that he was in there like smoking weed? And I'm like, what? This is at Amazon? Yeah. So this, this kind of just lets me know like a, a lot of the, how these companies are ran, like, well, they all, they, they say they have these rules, but I think it just comes down to like, who's actually working there. Mm. So he kind of got like an inside view of, the type of people that work at these places and how they use politics, how that mm-hmm. shit fucking plays in it. It was very weird. I mean, there wasn't, there was one other black person that worked there that I saw on the team, like the section of the building I was on, but it was mostly like white people. And so I'm like, and most like, you know, it's New York city. It's hella liberal. Like most spaces I'm in one, it's usually really diverse. Even if it's not like people are, it's kind of like, people have sense you know it's not i didn't have to really deal with the type of shit that i would expect like in virginia you know so i was just like oh man um but anyway i'm like i need to make this money um i knew again a download i'm like i had a home girl who lives in tunisia and her she just was in egypt and i'm like yo i really want to go out of the country again and this is when me and my ex had broken up so i'm like all right, I need to shoot my own shit now. Like, can I keep traveling? Because we travel a lot together. I'm like, just questioning myself. Like, and people were kind of like, not betting on my downfall, but like I had most of the like places I worked at were mostly dudes on the team. And they kind of were trying to credit like my boyfriend for why I was able to do the shit I'm doing. They're like, oh, Mm. you could travel because you have him. Or, oh, you can, you know, you're able to do, have fire music videos because of him. And I'm like, all right, I need to prove, like I need to show people and myself that I can like create some fire shit. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to shoot a video in Egypt. I'm like, who's done that? Like who could just do that? Like, Not many people. I really haven't seen, I don't know anybody else who went to Egypt. In the music video. Yeah. yeah. So I saved up. Um, my homegirl at the time, I'm like, I need someone to shoot it for me. So I'm like, yo, if you're down to just come and help me shoot this video, like, I'll pay for your ticket. And she's like, all right. So we, she came. She lived in DR at the time. She flew from DR. I paid for her ticket from DR to New York. And then we flew to Egypt first. Shot the video. Shot half of the video there. Then we flew to Tunisia where my homegirl lived and stayed with her and shot the other half of the video there and then just like hung out with her in Tunisia. Well, how long were you in Egypt? Um, I was. In, we were in Egypt for a couple of days and I think Tunisia for like a week ish. Did you go in, inside the pyramids? No. Uh, me and my cousin were gonna go to Egypt. Um, 
and I was looking up just like just things about Egypt. She was sending me like these Facebook groups of people that went and like that they they like like you travel to places and say like pros and cons mm-hmm. or what to avoid and stuff. But they were saying like in Egypt, you pretty much negotiate for everything. Yeah, from a bottle of water to a fucking night sleep in a hotel whatever it is but it's like if you don't negotiate literally the upcharge will be like they were selling like two three hundred percent like they I might don't... say like this water is a hundred dollars and you can literally if you negotiate you t- you could talk them down to five dollars that's like they were saying like th- <laughs> those on. ratios like literally like i'm like what oh also did you file at this at these amazon uh at the amazon job when you were seeing these things did you file any complaints or reports or anything like that funny thing um so when i was working there there was a guy i think he was like socially awkward or some shit but he just kept bugging me like he would come in he would just invite my, himself into my suite and just sit down and like watch me edit and i'm like back then i was way nicer than i am now or not i wouldn't even say nicer i was kind of like i cared more about like i needed the money like now i'm like i don't like i'm comfortable so i don't need to like behave to to get money or to keep my job but i'm like i don't want to say anything to rub anyone the wrong way because i could lose this gig and i really want to like one survive and two like have money to shoot this video to go to egypt so he would like ask me like oh what's your social like do you have social media that i'm like i don't give my social out like you want to like check out check up on you like oh no he was trying to bag like, oh, okay. he was trying to cuff. He was trying to, like, spy for the company, like, get negative information no, on No, 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 he was trying to cuff. He was, like, my age. Okay. So he was trying to cuff, and I'm like, fuck, like, get out of here. Um, He kept bugging me, and so I started to lock my door because I had my own suite. So I started to lock the door so he couldn't come in. And one time, I, the woman who hired me, she tried to open the door, and it was locked. So I'm like, fuck. And she's kind of looking at me like, what the fuck are you doing in here, like, to lock the door? And I'm like, yo, to be honest, there's this dude that he's kind of bugging me. Like, I don't think he is, like, a creep like that, but it is making me a little uncomfortable. So she went and told HR. So then HR came, and I'm like, fuck. I'm not try- I wasn't trying to sit on this dude, like, but I had to explain why I locked the door. Oh, yeah, let me tell you about all this other stuff that we got going <laughs> on out here. <laughs> so... I'm like, okay. But then the dude, like HR, he's kind of like flipping it on me. He's like, well, are you sure you didn't do anything to make him feel like it was okay? Yeah, dead ass, yo. They're like, you know, you you sure you didn't do anything to give him the wrong impression? Like, oh, you know, you're not the first person to feel uncomfortable with him, but that's just how he is type shit. And I'm like, oh, y'all are backwards as fuck. So to me, I'm like, if this is HR, like, and it just seemed like a community thing. Like, y'all all all seem happy and y'all in like the bubble of how, like, there's there was just a lot of comfort in the shit they were saying so i'm like this must be how the company runs so i'm just gonna collect my coins get and get out, the of, fuck here, up yeah. out of here yeah so damn that's that's actually <laughs> wild shit i think amazon actually just fired like a bunch of people too really like i think it was like nine ten thousand people it's funny because they're also like the one company that didn't make me sign anything like usually like if you work at a company you have to sign like an nda and like a bunch of shit so you can't like disclose what Mm. happened or like what project you work on or anything i didn't sign shit so like i could speak freely about my experience working there that's crazy if they really lock you in a damn nda and something like wild really is going on and you can't even talk about it you can't talk about that shit i feel like that should be like an extra lawsuit like i'm gonna sue you twice (laughs) now like if you sign it uh, then so you get out of there um you dropped the Egypt vid, mm-hmm. and that was like that was what your second video. Hell no! Oh, because you already because I know you have a, like a bunch of videos. I, I, went, I went on your videos, website, yeah, yeah, and they're all fucking fire. Like everything is like really like really well done. Thank like you. I seen like the hitchhiker one. Like <laughs> yeah, uh, that was. And in it, I like also like how you're kind of like I feel like you're just like winging it, going with the flow. Like you're kind of like you're going through life and school and just kind of just acquiring all these skills, and then like kind of just like you're. As time goes on, you kind of those those become pieces that just like fit into what you're doing now. Yeah. But it's like at the time, it doesn't really seem that way. Yeah. You're just like doing random things. Like, yeah. I don't know if you want to touch on that. Just kind of like or like, yeah, like your journey, like where you started to now, how you're looking at yeah, things, I how feel, all these things play into what you do. Like, yeah, I feel really lucky because that is really it. Like, I feel like I've created a life where I can just live life and like be an artist and be creative without like. There's a lot of thought. Like, I'm very like very um like especially with eps and projects I, I i put a lot of planning and thinking into it but it's mostly again it's like i get the download and i'm like i just have this urge like i have to do it like i have to i have to shoot a video in egypt and then i just go into planning mode like so and that's I, an expensive trip that's not like yeah i think it's probably like 1500 2000 like, yeah it was there, like. very and i paid for myself and my homegirl so i was like stacking up money 
Um, so I'm like, okay, I need to work this amount of hours. Let me get this gig. Probably need to get another gig. Yeah, because I was working at Amazon and I had the YouTube gig, but that was monthly. Um, like, so I, they would have me come for like a week. That's one where you're getting paid like 500 a day to do the memes and stuff. Oh no, no that, that was cycle. cycle. Yeah, my cycle. Yeah, yeah. Amazon, I got paid more than that. And that was like, I was pretty much there every day. Um, and then I was also stacking the YouTube shit and maybe I'll have another gig where like someone will send me a hard drive to do some shit. Like I just, I, I was working OD, like I work a lot and that's what, and even now, like at Forbes, I'm still able to take, pick up other projects. So like when I tell people I'm busy, I'm like, yo, like I may like come off, like I'm chilling. Cause I, ch I take things in stride, but like behind the scenes, I'm really like, <sighs> like I'm doing mad shit. Is it hard to, like, put time, like, make time to make music, doing all these other stuff? Not anymore. It used to be. Yeah, like it a schedule to, now. Like yeah, it used to be, um, because I would have to go in office a lot. So like, it, I would like, for example, even with that Egypt, like that, because that was part of a project called Shadow Work, and it's like I would wake up in at like eight a.m. to go into the office at nine a.m. I'd be there till five. I get off work. I come home. And then I eat and I'm tired as shit. Like, I don't want to sit in front of the computer again to, like, record, you know? Yeah, I was going to ask you that, too. What do you, like, do you have a, what kind of chair do you have? Because you probably do a lot of <laughs> editing. I, I edit, like, a lot of our stuff. And I'm already thinking, like, I need to get a better chair. Or, like, yeah. is it fucking your posture up? Like, what's your editing life, like, your editing setup? It's funny because I, I have, like, to fix that, I got a desk. Like, I got a, com like a computer chair, all that shit. But then when I started working at Forbes, they sent me a laptop. So I'm like, I can edit on my couch. Mm. So I literally have, it's like this. Like, I have my laptop on the, the coffee table, and I, I'm chilling on my couch. And sometimes I'll be laying down editing, and or I'll be sitting up. And I'm like, yeah. this is not good at all. Like, Are you on Premiere now? Yeah. Okay. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, I guess really, uh, what's anything people should know about? Like, what's coming up with the music? Like, you drop anything? I, I know. Am. I think you just, you just dropped the, your recent video like a month or two ago. I think. Yeah, in January. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I may have something coming up. I'm not gonna talk too much about it, but it'll be coming soon, and I'm really proud of it. I think it's really fire. Um, I, th I think it's kind of a culmination of like everything that I've done like the past couple of years, especially with like um, my quarantine bops. Cause I think that's really like when the shift in my music happened because I was really living in New York and you know, I've had labels approach me. Like I've been in offices of them and like, okay, keep it up. Like we're watching you type shit. So I feel like I was really creating music to like get signed or to, like what I felt people wanted to hear. And then when the pandemic happened, like a lot of people, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Like I'm gonna just make, what comes out of me you know and that's when I really saw people really like I'm like this really feels like me and people I feel like they really are getting me now and so I feel like I had been putting out I've been putting out a lot of one minute tracks and like kind of like taste of shit but this project is or whatever's coming up is really like a representation of of all of that I feel like it's good to just get into the habit of just making shit too and dropping it Mm -hmm. I feel that's important too. People make shit and not drop it. Yeah. Like sit on it forever. It's like, yeah, it's like when you make a lot of things, you're not, you kind of just, you just move on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. So you're saying this project is <laughs> going to be special. Um, yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I love it. Um, I feel like you're a cool example of somebody out here that's um, like doing these cool things in this space, just like different, different aspects of editing. Also, I don't know any other girl that edits music videos. Who's it like? A, is there a popular female editor? Who do you, are you tapped in with anybody? No, there's one editor. Um, there was a project I worked not on. Not even just music videos, but everything else you do. But uh, how, I feel like I haven't heard of a girl editor like that. It's not like a thing out here like that. Uh. There's not a lot of, I mean, ironically, like film, I, I learned that most of like the big time films were edited by women. So really? like movies and shit like that. Yeah. But they're not really well known. Um, but within the industry itself, like I feel like I've only had there's only been two gigs. I've worked a lot of random gigs. There's only been two where I've worked with women that like mm. there's been a woman. It's usually men. So usually old white men. And ironically, both of the women were black women. But um, there's this one editor. It was a project I worked on for PBS. It was called For Our Girls. And I didn't edit it. Like I came on to kind of finish the edit. Like she started, she had to do another project and she left. And I'm looking, I'm like, damn, she's fire. Like, yeah. Cause I, like I'm an editing nerd, like I can, I peep like I'm. If you watch a movie with me, I'd be like, oh that edit was 
that was messy or like, oh, I like that Frankenbite. Like, I, you know, I'm that type of shit. So I'm looking at her edit. I'm like, oh, one, I could tell you're a black woman. Like, there's just a certain flavor. I in the edit? Like. Yeah, in the edit. That's there's a certain yeah. flavor, like a beat drop. Like, there was a certain, there was certain, like, swag to it that I'm like, oh, I could tell, like, a black woman edited it. But also, I'm like, damn, like, you have raw talent, you know? Um, and I had to hit her up. I, like, found her. I'm like, hey, <laughs> I'm, like, the new editor editing, like, finishing up. And yeah. I just wanted to let you know that you're fire. Because it's also cool, too. Like, you don't see a lot of black, you don't see a lot of women. You don't see a lot of black women editors. So That's funny how you really noticed it in the edit. That's, that's, that's really funny. There's another. So the movie Lola, I think it's called. It's based off of, like, the Twitter thread of the girl who, like, uh, she was, like, a stripper and, like, went on some crazy shit. It's, like, a crazy Twitter thread story. Zola. Mm-hmm. Zola. I'm not it. I'm and not it. they made it into a movie. And I'm watching They it. made a Twitter thread into a movie? Yeah. They made That's a Twitter funny. thread into a movie. Ugh. Yeah, you should look it up. It's actually fire. It's A24. And I'm watching it. And I'm like, yo, this edit is wild. Because, like, I love innovative edits, too. Like, in terms of, like, incorporating, like, techno- like There was a scene where it's kind of, like... The way they framed it, like doing like doing kind of artsy shit, because I think there's traditional video editing where it's like, OK, you get the footage and you just cut it. And then there's like like I do collage art animation, for example, like taking like PNG files or taking different things or taking different elements and kind of making it a part of the edit. So it feels more like a, a composition of a piece rather than like a video. And that's kind of what this editor was doing. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this shit is fire. And I looked her up and it was a black woman. I'm like, oh my God, we're out here like killing it. Oh, we, I, see, I just seen a fucking poster the other day. You know the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once? One of my favorite movies now, yeah. I really love that too. Um, they said everybody, all the people that, it was like nine people that made that movie, like the editor and stuff, that mm-hmm. was including the directors. None of them went to school for it. It's just like they, all the effects that did on that, they just learned that off, like just like looking it up on the internet for free. Wow. Yeah, that's how I, everything I've learned was self-taught. I didn't go to school for for anything film related. Anything, I mean, I went to art school, but I went for a business degree. So it's like, I'm learning design principles and shit, but I had to take a lot of like business classes and shit. I didn't take video editing classes or anything like that or music making, like everything that I've done or do, I taught myself on a whim. I'll watch a YouTube video and figure it out. Yeah. Hell yeah. I love it. That might be a fire spot to leave him at. We like an hour in. Um, I don't know hey. if you want to touch on anything else, lead the people or anything else. Yeah. Yep. We excited to see what you got coming up. I feel like you do a lot of shit. Also, yeah, I just like how you do a lot of things mm-hmm. and balance yeah. it all. I think that's super cool. Um, hell yeah. I appreciate you for coming through. Thank you. We appreciate you guys for uh, tuning in. And uh, yeah, we'll see y'all soon. Peace. Hell yeah.